This NBA season, make every three-pointer, alley-oop, and buzzer beater even more exciting with FanDuel. You can bet on everything from first baskets and number of dunks to which player will drain the most threes. Or stack your bets with the same game parlay for a shot to win even bigger. It's quick, easy, and you'll get your winnings fast. So download the app today and see why we're North America's number one sportsbook. Make every moment more with FanDuel. 19 plus and physically located in Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-866-531-2600 or visit connectsontario.ca. Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year, automatically, dollar for dollar, with no limit on how much you can earn. Extra cash? Come on, how amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing when you realize all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2020 Nielsen Report limitations apply. At the Home Depot, we improve things. This holiday season, we've improved Black Friday. Instead of one day of crazy, we've lowered prices now, and they'll stay low all season. From decorations to dishwashers, wreaths to ratchet sets. So sleep in. You're not going to miss Black Friday. Not one little bit. Black Friday improved. The best prices of the year already here at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. U.S. only while supplies last. See store for details. I'm Brian Goldfinger of Goldfinger Injury Lawyers. Is your insurance company forcing you to go back to work when your doctors say you can't? If this sounds familiar, look no further than my law firm. Visit goldfingerlaw.com and get us working for you. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast. Uh, I'm your host, William Liu. I'm joined on the program by Zarar. Only for the playoffs do you show up. There's snow on the hills and a cold chill in the air, Will, but the Raptors are an all-weather team, my friend. That's exactly right. Uh, a biblical storm had to hit the Raptors. The roof was leaking. Uh, Markeith Morris later slipped on that roof, and I did not feel sorry for him. Um, the Toronto Raptors have broken the Game 1 curse that had lasted since uh, 2001. Um, the Raptors won Game 1. They took down... The Washington Frauds by a score of 114 to 106, uh, at the ACC. It was an incredible game. Back and forth, tight for most of the game. But in the fourth quarter, the Raptors defense stepped up, holding Washington 21 points. And, uh, you know, the offense was great. And, um, Zarar, did you ever think we would be led to the promised land by Baby Nagara? You know, my dad called that one, cause, uh, he, what? I bought him tickets. Yeah, yeah, he did, he did. Cause uh, I bought him tickets, uh, for the Raptors Celtics game, mm-hmm. uh, from the franchise.com or whatever that website is. So props to those guys. Uh, and, um, they had great seats. And, uh, in that game, Bebe came in. Uh, you might recall and, and, uh, Casey pulled the Bebe switch and he came in and kind of not, not won them the game, but played pretty well. And, and you know, a lot of his efforts went towards the outcome of the game. And he goes to me after he goes, uh, you know, Zrar, you know, you gotta get Bebe in the playoffs. Like, I think he's gonna be a huge factor. And I was like, eh, old man, I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, and sure enough, uh, here we are, and Bebe Nogueira gets, uh, shouted out by Kyle Lowry in the post-game interview, uh, along with DeLon Wright. Bebe was great, man. I think as soon as he came in, I think one of the first plays he made was, um, I think it was, um, uh, Wa- uh somebody, oh yeah, Morris. The, um, Morris, yeah, yeah, he, yeah. he, he Altered Morris's shot, which led to a break on the other end of Miles three, and that, that wasn't a massive momentum shift, but it was. It indicated some sort of like a 
transition in the game where the Raptors bench was kind of uh, was going to maybe pull ahead, and that's kind of what happened in the fourth quarter with the Delon Wright as well. Man, Bebe and Delon Wright leading the Raptors to the promised land. But you know what? We should we should say that Bebe had zero at one point. One rebound, one assist, and nothing else in nine minutes. But he it's played. It's the presence, man. It's the presence. It's the you can't the verticality, the length, the length of Nagara as uh, Matt Devlin. Matt Devlin was on fire in this game. Uh, did you watch the ESPN broadcast or did you watch the local? I, I, I watched. I watched a, a bit of it. PJ Carlissimo was the uh, announcer, oh. and he was making a lot of good points. Okay. Uh, and then, then I, the, the feed died, and I switched over to uh, Leo and Matt. Hey, who, who do you think got more face time in this game, uh, Drake or Bebe? Drake easily. I only saw yeah. Bebe during like live action, whereas like the, the camera panned to Drake at least like sixteen times, hoping that he would do something cool. But uh, mm-hmm. no, I mean Drake was wearing the um, the, the commemorative jersey for um, you know the tragedy, so the hockey tragedy. So I mean, good on Drake. But um, let's talk about our beautiful Raptors. Uh, you know, early in this game, it, the Raptors controlled it well. The starters played both the first quarter and the third quarter really strong. Um, and you know, this is a case where everybody on the starters was going. If, if anything, it was Lowry and DeRozan that wasn't, um, quite scoring in the first half, but you know, they got it on in the second half. But, um, you know, this is a game where all the starters played well. Ibaka 23 points, OG 12 points, 9 points for JV, 11 for Lowry, 17 for DeRozan, Zarrar. Which guy do you want to start with in that, in that group? Well, I never want to go guy by guy on this one. I, I thought the starters played well overall. DeRozan had a bit of a, Maybe a weak first half, and he got railed on it by ESPN at halftime. Hmm. But I thought overall the issue wasn't really our offense from even the bench perspective or starter perspective. It was how easily Washington was getting their points. Right. Uh, I thought I thought Washington had a lot of success on the pick and roll, uh, both on the baseline and up top, which the Raptors struggled to defend. And, and give the Raptors credit, their own pick and roll was working equally well with uh, JV rolling to the rim. Uh, I thought Washington got a lot of a lot of points through post ups. Mm-hmm. which I didn't really see coming. I thought the Raptors did well to double on that later on in the game. I think Morris got a couple of post-ups uh, scores. Uh, Scott, as well, was was posting up and getting some success, and he was cutting on the baseline. The Raptors, I think, did well to see that in the first half and maybe in the second half adapt a little bit better, send Noguera for help better. Uh, Pirtle was better as well. So um, the offense was it was kind of a wash from both sides. It was just mm-hmm. the adjustments each team made in the second half, especially the fourth quarter, which prevented that offense from being as fluid as it was in the first three quarters. So uh, I think the focus is on, on, on defensively. And again, in, in, a, in a game like this, you always need like one person to kind of step up and take you all the way. Mm-hmm. And surprisingly in this one, it was DeLon Wright, who I thought was, I mean, obviously the stats speak for themselves and the plays, the plays there as well, he was just unbelievably good in that fourth quarter, and more than made up for uh, Van Vliet not being there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, look, Van Vliet, I thought Van Vliet's absence was felt a lot in the first half. It, it looked like um, the starters, like uh, or the bench unit, they didn't really. The offense wasn't running as smoothly for the bench unit as it usually is. Um, it didn't help that uh, you know, you know, Dwayne Casey went to CJ Miles or not CJ Miles, Norman Powell in the first half, which was a surprise. But I mean, with without Van Vliet, you had to put somebody in there. Powell came in for five minutes, was not great, uh, missed a wide-open layup on the left hand, kind of yeah. unraveled it like a yo-yo he, for some he, reason. He, he threw the ball like a like a baseball pitch at, yeah. the, at the backboard. I, I don't know I don't know what kind of uh, attempt that was, but it was almost like he wanted to, like, pass it back to himself or something. It was that hard. Yeah, and it was an open layup. Like, he, he I mean, it, it was contested in the sense that there was a defender there, but the, the left hand was completely open for that layup. Anyway, 
um, you know, Dwayne, um, that's a show of confidence. That's fine. You want to keep Powell, like, engaged and say, like, hey, you know, like, you got a chance. But no Powell in the second half. Um, you know, Dwayne decides to close. And I, I love the decisions Dwayne Casey made in this game, not just with the surprise appearance with Bebe because, you know, Jacoperto was pretty disruptive in the first half, but he was he was turning the ball over a little bit, which is unusual for him in the 4-on-3 scenario. And also in the fourth quarter, he was just making a couple of mistakes in the pick and roll. So, um you know, bring in Bebe was was provided more length basically, so that the the forwards, like you said, those little post up moves that they were doing, they couldn't shoot over a guy as much as they could because Bebe's length is ridiculous. And also, the decision to play Kyle Lowry for the entire fourth quarter instead of bringing Powell in and maybe buying a couple minutes, none of that bullshit. Just putting Kyle, and I thought Kyle, um, even though the scoring was only 11 points, him in the fourth quarter, he had that driving. Uh, layup to, to beat the shot clock and um, a lot of nice little passes. He finished this game with 11 points, 9 assists, 3 rebounds, 2 steals. And I thought his defense against Bradley Beal was phenomenal. Like, Bradley Beal could, was nowhere to be found in the fourth quarter, as was John Wall. No board to be found. Mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, mean, I, 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 I get all that. I, I think... Um... I think when you look at the the larger you know, the game at a high level, I thought coming into it, mm-hmm. it was about does you know will Kyle Lowry and Demar Derozan perform or will they kind of take a step back like they have in in previous playoff uh, matchups, and against Beal and Wall who historically have kind of torched them, you, you may recall the four game sweep, and when you when you add up the totals between Wall and Beal versus Lowry and Derozan, Wall and Beal technically won that matchup by scoring more and sco- scoring better and playing better and being more efficient. Mm-hmm. But well, I don't know about more efficient. John Wall shot six of twenty though. He, yeah, but he, he I, I thought I thought he had a he had fifty assists, man. Like yeah, he, he was, was good. He was good. He, he was. I think. And, and those assists were like putting it on. They weren't like fake assists. They were you know putting people like right there for them. Um, it, but but also coming into the series, the issue with the Raptors was ha- had the better bench and that showed. So if you if you look at this game from start to finish. Yeah, the, the the Washington backcourt scored more, um, maybe played better, but the Raptors bench and second unit won them the game. And that was kind of what was expected of the series, that you may lose a starting battle, but your bench is deep enough to overcome it, something like that. And this game, from that perspective, played out kind of predictably. Yeah, yeah. I, you know what, though? One thing I will say is that... We've we've seen it from the Raptors all season. When they do hit their threes, it does make a huge difference for what this team can do because suddenly they are dangerous on the outside and the inside. You know, they open up a couple of driving lanes. And yeah, the bench unit. I mean, CJ Miles hitting those four threes off the bench was was really nice because, um, especially in the first half. I mean, he hit two kind of ridiculous threes, very deep. One was like two people flying at him. Another one was like probably thirty five feet. Um, and then in the fourth quarter, you know, Bebe kicking it out to Miles for a three. Look, the Raptors bench, I think it's not just that the bench plays well together, is that you have a lot of options off the bench. So you can do things like, you know, if Pirtle's not playing on his very best, you can bring in Bebe. Or, you know, if, uh, if you need someone to, you know, fill in with the starters for a while, DeLon Wright can do that and he can guard multiple positions and Siakam can do his stuff. I mean, Siakam made a three. That's, that's crazy. I mean. And- yeah. Yeah. And, means- and, 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 and to your point, whenever they make a sub like that, they go with Pirtle or Siakam. In previous iterations of the Raptors team, they always had to sacrifice something big. Mm-hmm. It was always like, oh, do you put JV to the bench and go small and sacrifice rebounding? 
when they do that now, you don't sacrifice rebounding. In this game, I believe we won the rebounding battle. Or, yeah, yeah, 38 to 35. 35. Yeah. And Washington only had five offensive rebounds. So despite all the switching, um, the lineup changes, there was never a stretch in the game where Washington kind of dominated the glass and, mm-hmm. and, and had our way there. It's a luxury that you get when you have athletic bigs who can also rebound that you, you can afford to make all kinds of moves without necessarily giving up the boards. And th- that was always a decision that you had to make in, in previous years. And now that decision doesn't seem to be as tough to make because you got the personnel to withstand that. Yeah, for sure. Especially, like, in this game, I thought um, the the guards did a better job of um, helping out and crashing the glass. Um, I thought Serge did a really good job defense, uh, you know, rebounding the ball on defense, which is not usually a strength of his, but uh, in the occasional spot minutes where Serge Ibaka was playing five, he needs to get those rebounds, and Serge did that tonight, 12 rebounds. I, I, you know what, let's, let's talk more about Serge. The fact that he had 23 points, I didn't see that coming, um, but I thought Serge was just phenomenal the whole night. I mean, he had two blocks as well. Um, he got hit in the Mafuzi, but, um, you know, he, he, he was good on the outside shot healthy, um, rested. I mean, this is a big difference for him. And I, especially the rebounding. I, I'm really impressed with that rebounding from Serge. And I, I think, you know, in this series, if if Valanciunas isn't able to defend as much as he can, because it is a really tough ask for him to guard a pick and roll involving Wall and Beal and, and you know, someone either like Markeith Morris who can pop and, and hit a three, and he, he did that today, or uh, even Gortat, who has sort of traditionally played JV really, really well, you're going to need Ibaka to play some five. And I thought Ibaka today, I mean, he did everything you wanted from him in, on both ends. Uh, he was probably, you know, maybe he doesn't even get a top three star, but he was one of the most impactful players. And a quiet 23. Yeah. When I saw the stat line after, I was like, whoa, 23 on 8 of 11 shooting? I did Because yeah. all you remember from Ibaka is like him fumbling the ball a couple times, and his scoring is almost lost right. in, in, in the mix of all that, all the all the other things he did. But to me, more, more impressive than his 23 points is his rebounding. Yeah. Uh, I, I thought, uh, especially with JV in there in the in the first quarter, we I think we dominated the glass. I think we had we did. eight of the first nine rebounds mm-hmm. that, 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 that were out there. Um yeah, Ibaka's a, he's a smart player, man. He, he, really he just you can, you can just count on him to not do dumb things, right? He's not gonna make um, like other than taking maybe a step back jumper once in a while. Yeah. Generally speaking, he is a very reliable and predictable player in terms of what he's going to do. Like he's gonna get you rebounds. He's gonna pass the ball when he needs to. He's not gonna force things up. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, like w- one of the best things I like about Ibaka is that when he gets an offensive rebound or a rebound, he knows what to do with the pass. Yeah. Like he, he'll never turn the ball over or do anything stupid after he gets the rebound. Like he, he'll take his time. He let the, let the, you know, the, the opposition go the other way and then pass it out. It's a small thing, but it's just important for the guy who secures the rebound to do that. Him and JV are both pretty good at it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and, and with those two in there, man, you just feel kind of confident that you're not really losing too much on the quickness side because mm. Morris is a, is a, is a nimble player, but he's not, you know, he's not going to blow you away. The only, the only issue with, uh, with Baca and and Valanciunas in there is that when they come out to defend Beal and Wall in their in their pick and roll sequences, they just have a little trouble getting back. And the Raptors almost always need to provide some sort of secondary help there. You, you cannot rely on, uh, especially Valanciunas, to get back. And I think that's a, that's a lesson learned from this game, which you take into game two. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, one other thing, it was very surprising to me. I mean, not surprising necessarily because we know he's capable of it. But to see OG come off the bench, or not off the bench, but uh, you know, to, for him to make his debut and to not look shook one bit at all, I thought defensively he was pretty solid. Um, the Raptors actually made a switch to put OG on John Wall, 
and move um, Lowry to Beal. They sort of switched mm-hmm. those two matchups there. Um, mm-hmm. And it wasn't necessarily that Beal was doing such a good job. Like, offensively, he was killing, um, you know, OG or anything like that. But it was just putting a little bit more length, going under the, the screens, which is what they should do against Wall. And then mm-hmm. contesting, he was great on defense. And then on offense, wasn't afraid to shoot. Four threes in 22 minutes. Um, you know, hit two of them. And, and also made some great backdoor cuts. Like, we've seen... When, you know, Washington is going to double the ball handler. We've seen it happen time and time again. They did it today again against DeRozan and Lowry. And DeRozan and Lowry made the right passes a lot of the time. And, you know, part of that is on Lowry and DeRozan to make the pass. The other half is that someone needs to come and be open. And for OG to make those reads and come from the weak side to, like, flash and get into the dunker spot, make himself open, the pass and go to OG, OG can finish. You know, Ibaka was doing that too, JB a little bit as well. That's the exact kind of offense that, you know, this is why the Raptors changed their offense because they knew that teams are going to trap Lowry and DeRozan in the playoffs and they need to provide. And this is a, a clear example where you got Lowry and DeRozan, 15 assists, and then you have a whole bunch of other players scoring the basketball uh, and providing around them. And, you know, look, obviously a night where the Raptors shoot 16 to 30 from deep, that's going to be, you're going to see great results. But ultimately that's the formula that, that the Raptors have been working on all season. And it was nice to see that translate into the playoffs. Yeah, and I think good decisions all around. I remember when uh, when uh, Washington's big picked up their uh, second foul. Gortat picked up his second foul, and they got in um, Morris at the five, kind of went small. And the first thing Lowry did is he had a chance to take a jumper, but he kind of hesitated his way mm-hmm. and scored against uh, Morris like within five seconds of him being playing center. Right. Um, your examples of OG are bang on. The guy has always been a good, uh, good cutter baseline, especially, and he continued that. The threes he took were not like him kind of proving himself. They were just within the rhythm of the offense. They came right. to him, and he just did not hesitate. Um, yeah, you're absolutely right. A lot of times a rookie might look away or be gun shy a little bit, and he's totally not that. So, but to, to temper all that with. We won 114-106 if John Wall had gotten hot in the last three minutes. Which uh, he never does. Game. He's well, he, apparently one of the worst clutch players by stats of the season. I mean, obviously he's capable, but, you know. Yeah, he's, he's also been injured, obviously, so that, that goes something in there. But so so, t- so heading into game two, uh, this, this easily, if, if Wall had gone off for the last three, four minutes, could have been a could have been an L. But what do you, as you look forward to game two, um, you can't count on Miles hitting, like, you know, three massive threes, maybe again, or as you said, 16 for 30 from uh, from um, from three point line. Uh, but one thing you can count on is the Raptors to be aggressive going into the paint, which is what they did in this game. Um, I think the percentages will normalize as they always do. But as long as they stay aggressive, do smart things, control the control the glass, and defend the pick and roll better, I think this can be a very manageable series for the Raptors. Yeah. I mean, that's the whole thing, right? If we shut down, like, Washington is not going to run a complicated play set, right? Like, no. they have two plays. Um, well, they have three plays, really. One is to just get Bradley Beal open off the ball. He comes around a couple of screens, goes from one side, and, you know, cuts to the baseline, cuts around two screens, and maybe he decides to go back one way or the other. As long as you stick with him through that and you communicate, you should be able to deny that because he's not such a big guard or that dominant where you should get open. Then you have the pick and roll with John Wall and Bradley Beal, and I thought the Raptors, you know, defensively, second half, really figured out the John Wall pick and roll. Um, you know, sag back, uh, stay home on your shooters. That's still an issue for the Raptors. They gotta really stay home on the shooters. They're very eager to help. But uh, as much as you can keep the John Wall thing to a two-man game, you're good. 
and provide help with the rim. Because if he shoots a jumper, it's not that big of a deal. I know he hit three threes today, but it, it really is not that big of a deal. Um, and then just provide help with the rim because I don't, I don't think John Wall has the complete explosiveness that you would normally see out of John Wall. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think the, where that was clear today was John Wall today shot three of 13 at the rim. This is a very athletic guard and his bread and butter is getting to the rim, putting pressure there. And when you collapse, he kicks it out. If he's shooting three of 13 at the rim, then it's a, it's a different ball game. He still had 15 assists. So that's, that's a true mark of a star right there. But, um, you know, I, I yeah. I, I still worry about Wall because that three of thirteen could have easily been seven of thirteen. Uh, sure, some of yeah. those were, you know, some of those maybe you, you could argue were, were fouls. At least he would argue that way. Uh, but I, I think yeah, he got some calls play, too, though. It wasn't shortchanged. In this yeah, game. no, 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 no. I'm yeah. not. I'm not suggesting that at all. Yeah. I think a third play that they may use going uh, for the rest of the series is the post up option with uh, with Morris. I think. Um, I think if we put Ibaka on him, we're in a decent position. But if we if we put a smaller guy on him or somebody who's uh, you know maybe not as experienced, Morris probably can get something out of that play. So look for look for Washington to kind of milk that a little bit more. And also, Scotty Brooks was asked uh, pregame or, or a couple of days ago on who's the one player that takes you from being an average team to somebody who can beat anybody. And his response was Marquis Morris. Like he's, he's their X factor. Like yeah. they look to get him off big time. And I expect given his 9 for 15 performance today, 22 points, I think Washington's looking at that and go, we may have something here. So I, I expect him to be a more focused part of the offense, uh, going forward as well. Yeah, for sure. And look, Washington did go small with Morris. I think that's a bit dangerous, but I think Toronto responded correctly to that. When yeah. he's, when it's small, there's no shot blocking at all. Go towards the rim. And that's, I think that's why despite the fact that he had, you know, 22 points, 11 rebounds, 6 assists, probably one, probably their best player tonight, but he's yeah. still a minus 12 because a lot of those minutes, the Raptors just went straight to the rim and scored on him. Yeah. yeah. Z- zero block shots. I mean, he's not, he's not a shot blocker. Yeah. Alright, Zora, let's do our three stars. Who's, who's the first star tonight? Uh, the first star, man, Ibaka's numbers look great, but I just felt impact wise, uh, DeLon Wright, man, DeLon. I think he had some huge threes, some good defensive plays. Uh, in that fourth and, uh, you know, took on the role of the star in the fourth quarter. Yeah, for sure. Especially that three-point shot. I mean, the thing with DeLon is he'll never be aggressive with the three-point shot, but he has hit the three-point shot consistently from November onward. He's been Mm -hmm. like a 38% shooter, and I'm not saying he's going to pull up off the dribble or anything, but he can hit that shot when he's open, and and they're going to leave him open, and he's got to shoot that three, and he was great at it tonight. Um, I agree with you, first star. Second star, we went to Ibaka. Um, 23 points, 12 rebounds, like we mentioned earlier. 8 of 11 shooting. 3 of 4 from deep, 2 blocks. Um, you know, good job. And then third yeah. star, who do who, who you got for third star? Well, th- third, you you may so – the, the candidates here are, I'd say, DeRozan because the start of that third quarter, right. I think he single-handedly took us from down 5 to up 5. I think yeah, he yeah. had a couple of threes and mm-hmm. just, just took over the game the way he sometimes does. So that that's a strong candidate. Uh, but also C.J. Miles, man. Uh, him and DeLon had some good sequences in the fourth. He had two big threes in the, uh, in, in the second quarter, I think. Um, bet- it's between those two. Um, I, I, I'll let you pick because if, if I pick CJ Miles, people say, oh, you're a DeRozan hater. I'm like, no, I'm not. So you go ahead and pick. Okay. I'm going to go with DeRozan. And the reason for that is not necessarily because he had that scoring binge in the third quarter, although, um, it was nice to see for sure because he only had, I think, one basket in transition the first half. I just like the fact that DeRozan didn't abandon the offense. And it's very important for your leaders to stick to what's working, what got you there. And DeMar has said all season, you know, like, yeah, we changed the offense. We tr- we know what's going to work. We're not going to revert. 
And that the one player that's you would think is most likely to revert when things get tough, and there was a lot of tough moments in this game, was DeMar, right? You would think he might say, you know what, I'm going to take this team on my back, I'm going to start shooting some mid-range jumpers and, you know, whatever. We'll see what happens, right? At no point did DeMar do that. He always facilitated the offense. And the fact that he only got six assists, I think kind of undersells how willing he was to pass the ball because, you know, he was very good at, like, he was very good at finding the open man. They were doubling, they were doubling, they were trapping, and DeMar was making the right pass. And when you have that kind of leadership from your star player, I think it empowers the rest of the guys. So I'm giving it to DeMar. And CJ was nice, for sure. 12 points, I mean, including some key threes in the fourth. But, um, yeah, DeMar, I, I was really, I really liked the way he, cl- he played this game, especially in the second half. Yeah, and honestly, I do not expect him to revert to that because this is his fifth uh, fifth playoffs at this point. <laughs> That's true. I mean, the the, Rock, the the Raptors have kind of bleded their way through the through the, through the last four years, and they understand what it takes to win in the playoffs. And I think DeRozan understands what he should not be doing. So I don't expect him to like go off on a you know zero for eight jump shooting spree. Uh, taking contested shots anymore. I think he's beyond that. Um, yeah, he, he he had a smart game, man. I think I think overall, I, I can't point to any Raptor and say like they they didn't play well. Uh, and Drosen was totally fine. And and I don't have the I don't share the same fears that uh, that you do. Hey, did you feel that um, the refs were a bit a bit touchy feely in this game, man? Because some of those offensive fouls <laughs> that they called yeah. were. Yeah, a couple of them moving screens, but a lot of makeup calls. I don't know what was going on with the with the offensive foul against Lowry on the on the moving screen. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know that Washington moved on every other screen, and you could yeah. have called that very easily, especially Gortat. And mm-hmm. credit to Dwayne Casey all week or, or the last two three days talking about Gortat being a little too aggressive, and the ref should watch him. And yeah. I think that actually p- uh, paid off a little. Yeah, no, for sure. I look. Gortat was in foul trouble like three minutes into the game, and then Yamahimni came off the bench and picked up two fouls in three minutes, and then Yamahimni was nowhere to be found the rest of the game. Yeah, he's like their Norman Powell. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. Except this Norman Powell makes sixteen, not eleven million, so it's it's even worse, uh, and has no upside. But um, yeah, I mean, it, look, you could definitely call a lot of these fouls for sure. I thought. You know, in the fourth quarter, they were a little bit more loose with it, depending on sort of which way they, I don't know. I, I thought Washington got a couple calls down the stretch. There was the missed call on Marching Gortat where, I, who was it, DeMar or Lowry was driving to the rim, and Gortat clearly grabbed the mesh and yeah. disrupted the net, and somehow they didn't call that. Mm-hmm. And I'm just thinking, what are you watching? If you're not watching the action where the ball is, what yeah. are you doing, right? So, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know. The officiating is going to be what it is. I like the fact that the Raptors didn't get sucked up in the officiating. You know, you no. didn't see DeMar, like, complaining to the refs or whatever. In fact, most of the game, you saw most most of the game was Washington talking to the refs. John Wall talking to the refs every single time. And he yeah, got he, he, even uh, even uh, our old nemesis, Tony Brothers, was uh, yep. calling the game, yep. you know, with his um, you know, with his forehead scrunchy, thing going on. Scrunchy yeah. face. Yeah, he looks like a, like a pug. Yeah. Here, here, Tony. Here, Tony. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, oh, what, it's good to be alive, Will. One nothing yeah. up in the playoffs. That's what Vegas, hey, that's what Vegas this, says to um, him. All this, uh, I was watching the ESPN feed at the start, and yeah. uh, they were talking about, the Raptors talking about how they're going to approach game one as a game seven. I didn't like yeah, that. I didn't like that. That was a weird quote by whoever said it. That was Kyle Lowry. Kyle Lowry. Well, yeah, we're going to approach game one. So, so, and, and then I think Jalen Rose or, or Chauncey Billups, I think, made the point that, well, if you're saying that out loud, then Washington's thinking, 
you know, if they call this game seven, all we have to do is win game one and we'll win the series. So they were like extrapolating that thought to a whole new level uh, to the point where the host had to come in and go, guys, it's time for the game that they fixed the leak. Yeah. Um, I, you know what? Personally, I didn't like that quote. I like bet. I, I like what DeRozan said, which was, I only think about it when you guys bring it up. Cause that's really the only reason you should think about it, right? It's like, it's an interest point for people to read about and be like, oh, huh, the Raptors, you know, they really suck in game one. I, I don't want to hear it from the players, but look, all credit to Larry at least for backing it up because that's how he was phenomenal in the fourth quarter. His defense on Wall and Beal was really nice and they got the win, man. Shit, we have, yo, Zarar. You did you you saw it you saw the last time the Raptors won game what do you remember the last time the Raptors won game one which was against the Sixers, two thousand and one. Do you remember? Yeah, anything it was, from that was game? on the road. It was on the road, okay. um, and it was in Philly. And um, yeah, it was the Iverson team. I, I don't remember anything. Man. I just remember Vince Carter having a decent game, okay. and then us actually having a. Ch- what I remember about the, the Philly part of that series is the obviously the game seven uh, yeah, yeah. miss, but in game in game two we had a chance to win that game. Okay. Like we should have been up up to nothing coming back to Toronto uh, that year, and um, yeah, that, that's that, that's what I remember. Who, who gives a shit about what happened like in two thousand? Fuck, who cares, man? It's yeah, game one. I, I don't know, man. It's all right. Yeah. You, you know, every time you come on this podcast, I ask you about history and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're not even that old. Yeah, no, no, I'm not. I'm <laughs> really not that old. Um, all right. Hey, uh, hey, one more um, point of um, interest. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think? Uh, like Washington changes heading into a uh, game two. Like, do do you think they they look at this game and they go, hey, you know, man, we should have had that, but for this. Like, what's their but for this after game one? I think John Wall might complain about a couple calls because he did really throw his hands up a lot, and there were a couple of bang bang plays where you know, especially one where Lowry went vertical. Although I think that's just what Lowry does. Like we've yeah. seen it all season. Lowry goes vertical on a drive. Someone goes to the rim. You know, Raptors get the the ball and, and get the stop. But I think there isn't necessarily one play they go back and look at and say, oh, man, that was a big shot. If only we made that big shot. I think Washington on the stretch, they really didn't have anything creative. What I really noticed is that John Wall really monopolized the ball in the fourth quarter, whereas Bradley Beal didn't touch it as much. Like, yeah. throughout most of the game, they'll run Bradley Beal away from the ball. It's kind of an issue for the Raptors. They'll even give Bradley Beal the ball. Bradley Beal's very willing to pass to Gortat. Late in the game, it's just John Wall gets a screen from Gortat or Morris, depending on what kind of play he wants to pop or a, screen, a roll. And then, you know, it's just Washington's a little bit predictable down the stretch. So I, I don't really think there's one specific play. I think if there's one turning point for the Raptors, um, it was probably March, like Mark, or Mike Scott tackling Kyle Lowry for, for no good reason, really. Yeah. Uh, and getting a flagrant one, the Raptors had like a four-point play on that, that, that sequence. And then Bebe came in and, you know, the Raptors did really well, but... um I don't know. I don't think Washington had a specific thing. Maybe they think they go back on the tape and they they try to play small a little bit more, but that's not necessarily a great option against the Raptors. Yeah. I think um, uh, Scotty Brooks's offense is what it was in Oklahoma, very simplistic, except he doesn't have Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook. Yeah, yeah. He does <laughs> have he does have Marcus Marquise Morris, who who uh, who are you going to give the Gener- Gerald Henderson award tonight? Because um, really so, so I was thinking about that. Yeah, could it? I think it has to be Scott, right? It has to be Scott. Yeah, I think Morris is capable of these games. It's just he's not going to do it every single night. Yeah, and, and he's and he's a starter, and he's good enough not to be part of the Gerald Henderson discussion. Yeah, I agree. Okay. Yeah, look, M- Mike Scott, 14 points off the bench, 7 of 10 shooting. 
plus six, made a ton of difficult shots, but also a couple of plays where, you know, JV and Ibaka miscommunicated and Mike Scott got free for two dunks. So, mm-hmm. um, I don't know. Mike Scott, he's a good mid-range shooter. He's very accurate from there, like 56%, which is... Yeah, he's kind of like Gerald Henderson. He's Gerald Henderson. Yep, that's the guy. A 3-4 type that's torching the Raptors and the Wizards? <laughs> Never seen that one before. All right, Zora. All right. Good stuff. How do you feel? Do you feel good? Do you feel confident? Well, yeah, I think I, I called uh, this series in five this time. In five? Uh, I yeah, thought you I said your, your heart said five and your, your, your head said, said seven. Said, but, but I think I, I listened to the heart on the five because uh, okay. it just, it just, it's just the – I just think that, again, down the stretch, Washington – the Washington is like the Raptors five years ago when they had no idea how to handle pressure uh, in the fourth. And they just took the first available shot – uh, which their star decided was a good shot, and that's it. They they don't have any team cohesion the way the Raptors do right now, and I think yeah. that the Raptors are just deeper and better at pretty much everywhere here. The only way Washington pulls the series is if Wall and Beal just explode and Lowry and DeRozan recess into something really bad, and I just don't see that happening. Honestly, I think... It's, uh, man, I picked Raptors in six, mostly because I feel like the three-point shooting was going to be a little bit inconsistent. And look, on a, the Raptors could have easily gone 13 of uh, 30 tonight instead of 16 of 30. 13 of 30 is more close to their season average. And, you know, who knows? It's a different game. But at the same time, there were a lot of those sequences. Like like you said, Zara, man, that, that like, continuity that the Raptors have. There was that one sequence in the fourth quarter where the Raptors drove and kicked it like four times, and then DeLon Wright yeah. finally got open for three and, and shot it. They turned down like two or three good looks that if it was Washington, they would have definitely taken those shots already. But the Raptors were patient. They, they moved it around. They showed trust in each other, and, and they made the shots. So, Did Washington even have one play to anything that came close to that? No. In this entire – no. And they had not. 29 they... assists, but they were very basic like pick and roll, kick out, shoot. Not kick and pick and roll, kick out, pump fake, drive, pass on the next guy, maybe another quick pass, another drive, kick out, shoot, wide open. Not, not, nothing like that. Yeah. So, all right, we might be too confident, but what the hell? Hey man, it's time to be confident. We won 59 num- games. If you're not going to be confident when being the number one seed in the East, when the hell are you going to be confident? Exactly. <laughs> We're going all the way, Zara. We're going all the way. All right. Well, all the way to the second round. To oh, face yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh, let's not think about that right now. We'll see. We'll see. Indiana, please, please win against Cleveland for once in your life. That's not going to happen. It's, it's, Agent Corey Joseph, man, he's there for us. Corey, if you could like, just, like somehow trip LeBron or something, like just it'd be, it'd be greatly appreciated. Yeah, imagine if he does that and takes off his Pacers jersey to reveal like a Raptors number six. <laughs> I, would, I, would, I would love it. I would love it. As much as LeBron makes money for the entire league, I, I would love it if he did something like that for us. All right. All right, Zora, let's come back for game two. Regina King for Cadillac Escalade. When people ask, Regina, do you like to compete? I say, bring it on. Those are the moments that drive you to achieve more. And when you win, you keep reaching higher. To me, that's what the Cadillac Escalade represents. It's always evolving in technology, in design, everything. Because success isn't the end. It's just the first step to what comes next. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade. Never stop arriving. Regina King for Cadillac Escalade. When people ask, Regina, do you like to compete? I say, bring it on. 
Those are the moments that drive you to achieve more. And when you win, you keep reaching higher. To me, that's what the Cadillac Escalade represents. It's always evolving in technology, in design, everything. Because success isn't the end. It's just the first step to what comes next. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade. Never stop arriving.